Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hi this is heather hey this is liz this week we're going to talk about marie kondo and the life-changing magic of tidying up all right let's hit that music folks what we're talking about <laughs> well we are on day eighty-four thousand of quarantine time for the coronavirus business and uh you know it's it's one of those things like i like being at home right like i'm an introvert out, outgoing but i'm an introvert i need like some quiet time to recharge and i work from home i'm usually here and i usually don't leave the house for yeah, four or five days at a time without really thinking about it. It's not a thing that bothers me until you tell me I can't or shouldn't. And then it bothers me a lot. <laughs> I'm like, I need to go places. I need to be places that aren't here. So I thought we could talk about uh, something that you can do while you are stuck. Apparently, they just uh, announced today that the kids in our area are not allowed to go back to school until like April freaking 10th. So I, yeah, yeah, we're we're thinking about you, parents stuck with toddlers, because uh, in you know something that I work from home, so something that bothers me a lot, I end up with a lot of at home guilt, right? So I feel like I should be doing something. My husband's gone to work, everybody's doing stuff. I feel like I should be doing something, and that something for me is usually reading, and that's okay. Like I can kind of put that in my mind, and that's a thing. But but I feel like I should be doing stuff. And and I will fully admit that today uh, I took down my Christmas tree. <laughs> uh, you know, if you want me to pull back the curtain here, it's St. Patrick's Day, folks. <laughs> As we are recording this, you won't hear it for two weeks or a week and a half. But uh, I, yeah, so I just took down my Christmas tree because I was like, we're going to do this episode and I have not cleaned or organized my house in a good long while because I just couldn't make myself do it. So today I did. But I also did it with my 12-year-old niece here, which is fine. She sleeps most of the day. And my two-year-old nephew showed up about noon today. So trying to clean the house, declutter, all the things you want to do while you have a toddler running around dismantling the place around you, I feel for you guys. So what we want to talk today, and we've talked about wanting to do this for a while but now seems like the best time. We're going to talk about Marie Kondo and her book and show. So the book is called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. It came out in 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. And then the Tidying Up with Marie Kondo show that is on Netflix 
which came out, I believe, in like January of 2019. So that's really when it came on my radar. I hadn't read the book. I didn't know anything about it. I am an organizational ninja. This is, this is something I love to do to other people's stuff. <laughs> I love organizing and cleaning up other people's crap. I, I don't always love cleaning up and organizing my own crap. Somehow I have a mental block on that. But going into other people's houses and doing this, I'm a big fan. Uh, I've needed to come out to California and do yours, but you keep moving around. So <laughs> I know. I know. So I th the reason why I think that this is a good topic for right now is because there's two things. Number one, we're in the house right now and you mm -hmm. got nothing else to do. So uh, let's try and make ourselves um, a little more appreciative of the place that yep. we are yep. and we're stuck, right? It gives you kind of a, a change of the, your viewpoint of the place that uh, it's not a prison. Just mm -hmm. think of it as your home. Uh, but the second, and I think this is the most important part, is this um, freaking out that people have and they're buying everything, it's going to make yeah. you into a hoarder. Um, because you think, oh my God, but remember the one time in 2020 when everybody bought up all the toilet paper for no known reason? I need to have a gross of toilet paper at any given time. It's not the case. So um, I think that if you think about yourself in this tidying up mindset, it might help with that because I think it's going to naturally happen. Yeah, I think this, anyway. when I first heard about this particular method, now again, like I said, I have been a big organizer for a long time. I've had people pay me to organize their house. I, My sister has paid me multiple times to come and organize her life. And, and it's fine, but I, I find that a big problem with doing that is that the people who live in the space that I'm organizing don't necessarily have the buy-in or the responsibility of what I'm doing for them. So it just goes, because they haven't been through the process, done the process, and they're just hoping someone, will, it's basically like hiring a maid service, right? So they come in, they clean the house, and then you trash it again, and then they come back in two weeks, and you never take personal responsibility for learning how to better organize your life, better manage your stuff, or even know what the fuck you have. You know, every time I sit down to organize stuff, now, you know, behind the curtain while myself here, I throw away 50% of everything we own anytime we move because I don't feel like fucking moving it and mm -hmm. unpacking it and getting it to a new place that's all clean and shiny and then going, why did I bring this with me? Like, it just makes no sense. Why? So I do a, I do a massive purge. And now we've been in our house now for a little over five years. The house we were in before that, we were there for, I think, three years. So, you know, but before that, between um, living with my ex, going through a separation, getting divorced, moving to a new place, moving in with Paul, I moved like five times in four years. And that was very, mm -hmm. that was very cumbersome and it was exhausting. And I just started like throwing shit out. I was like, fuck it. I don't need it. I need to minimize but then you just keep accumulating. I'm like, I never shop anymore. I don't know how I keep accumulating, but I do. We all do. Yeah. When I when I first moved from Houston to California, I was like, I'm going to really pare down. So I pared down and the movers came. Luckily, my relocation was paid for, so I didn't have to pay for any of this. And they mm -hmm. brought all this shit. And I was like, what is mm -hmm. all of this stuff? 
I mean, just boxes after boxes after boxes. And I was like, I can kind of conceptualize like what fits in where. And there is way too much here. And sure enough, you know, as you kind of unpack, you're like, oh, my God, I completely <laughs> forgot about this. I don't need this. And so then I so I went through this big, massive pare down uh, when I first moved to California. And then I decided that the, I didn't like the house that I was renting. So the next year moved up to a tiny apartment. And uh, so did another massive, got rid of everything. Then I moved down to Southern California to another tiny place, got rid of a whole bunch of other stuff, and I still have a storage unit. Right. I have a lot of stuff. Your place in Houston, you guys had, it wasn't a tiny condo. You had a decent sized condo. But to me- we had a storage unit. Well, that's the thing. Like you had a tiny condo and it was always like picture perfect put together. It was, it, there was never anything out. You guys didn't have excessive clutter. You know, you, you know, everything was decorated and it looked really nice and you like an actual fucking grown up. Uh, I still have framed artwork sitting on the floor of this house. We have been here for five years. Like it's on the floor in my bedroom, in my bathroom, it's everywhere. You know, I don't mind uh, actually as a part of said decor of setting things on the ground and leaning up up, up against the wall. I think it looks kind of nice. Like, like, hey, we're still These trying to nice. decide. <laughs> like, like layers upon layers. You know, I mean, it's just like you need to look further into the into the house to get more details. I don't mind that at all. <laughs> yeah, this is this looks like we moved in six months ago, but it's been five years. And I'm like, do I really need them anymore? I don't want to get rid of them because I do really like these pieces and whatever, but you know, whatever. But anyway, I want to talk about, because again, my my personal style of organization, decluttering, cleaning is is very much a start with, like I, I have very specific hard and fast rules about how I do stuff. And so the first thing I always deal with is trash. I will go 360 degrees around a room, just looking for any little bits of something, anything, papers, Mm -hmm. trash, whatever it is that's just there and accumulating space. I go through that, clean it out, and I find, oh, wow, that really opens up the space. And then you just start rearranging boxes and moving things or getting rid of stuff or donating. Mm -hmm. But um, so again, this book was written by Marie Kondo, and her method is called the KonMari method. So Mm -hmm. Kondo plus Marie KonMari. Um, And she is very, very specific about how you do this. And I will also warn people because when you watch the show, it looks like they've did this for like three weeks and then their whole house was amazing. The process takes a really long time. I'm talking like six months from start to finish. And that sounds ridiculous. You're like, why is it going to take me six months? I promise you it will. It was, it's been a little over a year since we decided to start doing this and (laughs) I'm still not done. And I'll tell you where we got stuck. Um, but again, her method is most people organize room by room, right? Like my situation of organizing, especially closets and stuff is room by room. And it's, but, but the first thing you do again, get rid of the trash. And the second thing is remove everything from said room that doesn't belong in that room. So I end up with things like hairbrushes and ponytail holders and camera equipment and, you know, just all sorts of shit that just ends up everywhere else besides wherever it's supposed to be. So I, you know, first thing I do is move all that stuff out and then I start moving stuff. Now, Miss Kondo here is, she is impressive in the way that she tackles things because she does, she does things by categories. She has five categories and I'll talk through what they are. 
And basically you work through one category until it is done for your entire house. You do everything at once in this category for the whole house. It's not like person by person or room by room. Now, my friend Misty has five kids, (laughs) five kids. (laughs) And she's like, I need you to help me with this. But I don't think I can do my whole house at one time because I've got five fucking kids and they make a mess constantly. And I can't pull seven people's clothes together at one time to work on this shit. I'm like, you know what? You got to adjust for what you what your lifestyle is. But so I'm going to tell you what the five categories are. Again, you can find and, and this is a great thing about Pinterest and whatever else. You can find all sorts of checklists and cheat sheets and all sorts of stuff on Pinterest. Um, Shit, we haven't updated our Pinterest in forever, but I'll tag some stuff in there. And then we'll put some links and stuff on our show notes page if you're interested in seeing what I've found to be helpful as far as checklists are. So I'm going to give you the five main categories first. So first category is clothes. Now, when we're talking about clothes, we're not just talking about your actual clothes. But we are talking about tops and bottoms, dresses, outerwear, pajamas, socks and underwear, bags. So this is where your purses and bags come in. Accessories, all that jewelry that you've got jumbled up in a big uh, USPS box in a closet that your friend Heather gave you like 25 years ago. Yeah, I was like, this sounds vaguely (laughs) familiar. Yeah, yeah. You gave me a giant box of costume jewelry and it's like it just stayed in that box for a really long time. Uh, and then shoes, costumes, like the costumes are included, gym, swimwear. So basically anything that you put onto your body to dress it up. So your clothes inside and out and then your, you know, accessories and everything. All of that is done at the first, that is the first time. The way she's got this laid out and you'll see it as we go. She's got it laid out so that you're, you're handling things that are like least, difficult to sort through to most difficult, right? Which sounds almost backwards. Like, well, I want to start with the big shit first, but you don't. And the reason why is because you can get stuck really easily on some of these categories. So again, first one is clothes. Second category. Then, I'm sorry. Now, well, well, let's, let's just talk yeah, about the clothes. Let's talk about the clothes. Um, so, you know, I, on the show and, uh, in her book as well, she suggests getting all of your clothes into the exact same uh-huh. spot. So th- this doesn't mean looking at them in the closet and going through drawer nope. by drawer. It's like taking everything out and throwing it in a gigantic pile and then flipping through it now. And I see why she says that, you know, clothes are kind of the least difficult mm-hmm. first because, you know, you can go through clothes really easy and go, oh, yeah, you know what? That freaking gapes at the bra and uh, this button's been missing and I haven't bothered fixing it. And you can easy go through and start making those decisions mm-hmm. right uh, right away. And you get in kind of the habit yes. of it. Um, like, okay, I haven't worn this in six months. I don't think I'm going to wear another six months. Going to give that away. Now, um, what I did like is also in the clothing is that she's like, hey, if you have a sentimental attachment to something – because of let, let's say um, you wore it when you're really really sick when you know when you were still dating your husband and he came over and took care of you. Um, okay, good. Appreciate your sick clothes. You're never going to wear them again. Just thank them for the time and the memories, and then get rid of them. And I think that that kind of. I mean, I'm not one for like blessing inanimate objects, but I think that kind of tradition of like, okay, I'm officially appreciating it. And just moving it out 
um, it just puts you in the right the mindset. It's like, yeah, I really, really appreciate it. But like at the end of the day, do I need to have these old pajamas? I really don't. Uh, they, they don't bring me any use. I don't continue to wear them. They're just filling up all of this, uh, all of this part portion of my house that can be used for other things that are more priority to them. So I, I can see that because I always can get through the clothes usually. Now, I don't usually pile them up, but I'm going to do that during this uh, quarantine period. Yeah. So, and I, I want to talk to you about that because again, this is something that Paul and I actually have done. We did her method. We stuck to it. I will highly recommend that you do not try to start this process at like 6 p.m. on a Saturday or Sunday night. Don't do that because you could be like, fuck, I've got all these clothes on my bed because that's where they end up. And it's a mountain of clothes and ah, now I can't go to sleep. Like it's, it, don't stress yourself out like that. Like don't put them on your bed, put them on a guest bed or if you've got a spare place that you can do this. But this, this is what we did. Again, we, I go through my clothes all the time, probably six months to a year. I go through and go, nope, not going to wear you. Nope, this one's stretched out. Nope, I wore this when I was super fat. Nope, I'm never going to get this skinny. I go through and I do this a lot. But what I had not done was take them all out and put them together. And again, this sounds like like a thing, like, well, why do you need to do that? That's ridiculous. Because, and here's here's two things that happen with this. Her main criterion for keeping anything is does it spark joy? Now, I know mm-hmm. 85,000 people just rolled their eyes in unison at the sound of this process. Does it spark yes. joy? I'm like, who the And I'm fuck one of those cares? people that yeah. that that rolls their eyes at they're like, "Oh my god." In fact, I bought like the Cliff Notes version mm-hmm. of the book, you know, like this 99 cent little version of it because I was like, I'm not going to read an entire book. I'm like looking at things and see if they spark joy. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm glad that she came out with the the, the show. Shows yeah. Because well, I saw the show. And start- yeah. I saw the show yeah. first and then I picked a, I did pick up the book or I listened to, I got the audiobook cuz it's always on the Libby app. So I got the audiobook and listened to it and decided I really liked it what I was hearing and so then I bought the ebook as a reference if I need to go back and read it again, mm-hmm. get re-inspired, whatever it is. I like the audiobook. I will tell you, her voice is very soothing. You will fall the fuck asleep. So, <laughs> but again, I, I also was one who spark, you know, rolled the eyes at the spark joy. I'm like, this is so, this is like hippie shit. This is, you know, tree hugging bullshit. Like, fuck off. I don't care. But it was funny. One, okay. And so the first thing is spark joy. And the second thing is the appreciation thing that you're talking about. Yeah. When you put every piece of clothing, Like my shoes I did separate, my bags and stuff I did separate. But when you put every piece of clothing from your closet, from your drawers, from your other closet, from your coat closet, from your hides under a bed and we never remember it. When you put all of this together in one place, and again, Paul and I did it together. So I made him go through it. I said, listen, if we're going to do this, it's not just going to be me doing it and you not appreciating how the process works. Because again, that's the problem I had trying to organize other people's lives is if they're not a part of the process, you're just throwing their shit away, making room for them to buy more shit. So once you get into this process and you, you put it all together, we put, we have a king size bed. We piled this stuff and I'm talking my wedding dress was in there. Everything. Two wedding dresses. In fact, were in there because why do you keep the old one? Because I paid a lot of money for it and I paid a lot of money to have it preserved after the fact for, I don't even know why I have since, gifted it to someone else. 
If you remember our friend Jessica from our cosplay show, I gave it to her. She does shit with sewing and she she was also getting married and I didn't remotely think she was going to wear the dress because she did not. But she has it. She can make cosplay. Out of it. I don't care. But it was time to it was time to let it go. I'd been it'd been a really long time anyway. But everything in the world that the two of us owned and I'm like, I don't have that many clothes. I'm not a clothes horse. I'm not a fashionista. I don't have that much. But when you take it all out of everywhere and put it together in one place and you just kind of stand there and stare at it for a little bit. It is a little nauseating, to be honest. It's like, holy crap, I have so much and I don't wear probably 50% of it. And it's like, I seriously had like a very physical, visceral reaction to just seeing it all piled together in one place. And I was, I was a little bit disgusted that I had so much and had zero appreciation for any of it. And, you know, your brain starts going to people who don't have enough and people who whatever. And I was just like, oh, God, this is this is sickening. Like it was it was a much more physical reaction than I was prepared for. And then the the thing that you do with this, you have to go through and physically touch and hold and look at every single piece of clothing shoes, bags, all of it, everything you own, you hold it in your hands and you decide if it sparks joy. And again, I was like, oh, spark joy, (laughs) jerking off, whatever. I was like, stupid. (laughs) But it was really funny because I found that as I picked things up, I was still having this visceral reaction to, yes, I love this t-shirt with the peekaboo dinosaur on it. That's fantastic. It makes me super happy. And then I pick up this shirt And it's a lovely shirt and it doesn't look bad on me, but it's one of those things that like I held it in my hands and I'm like, this shirt shows off things I don't want it to show off and it makes me feel bad about myself. My mom gave me a beautiful coat for Christmas one year. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. It's the wrong coat for me in every possible way. Didn't fit very well. It's white. I have black dogs. I smoke. Like it's fur lined. I live in Houston. Like you know what I mean. Like it's just a. Mm-hmm. It was beautiful, but every time I put this coat on my body, I would like go into depression. I would have anxiety. I felt like I was getting tracked in the coat. My arms were too big for these sleeves. You know what I mean. Like it just mm-hmm. made me feel bad about myself, and I didn't realize that. That clothing could do that or that, if, you know, something like, and he's like, oh, it's a coat. Who fucking cares? No, it's like, it really made me feel bad. And so, you know, I took it back to my mom basically. And I said, you know, I really appreciate this. Unfortunately, it makes me feel bad about myself. I appreciate that, you know, I'm thanking you for giving it to me. I would like to give it back to you because quite honestly, we mentioned this the last episode. I know how my mom shopped. She bought it for herself and then gave it to me. Like that's how things work. And so I was like, I would like to give it back to you if you would like that. Because it's not something I'm going to wear. I don't feel good about myself in it. And I don't want it taking up space in my life right now. And fortunately, mm-hmm. she was not offended by this. She took it, whatever. You know, again, there was there was a lot of stuff that I had that just didn't spark anything with me. I was like, there's no reason to keep this. And I went through the whole process step by step, like she said. And I thanked the stuff. Thank you for, you know, and it again, mm-hmm. my brain was like, this is stupid and hokey, but I did it anyway. I was like, this is the process. If I'm going to do the process, I'm going to do it right. And so I thanked every piece of clothing and then I got rid of it. So some of it, I actually almost all of it, I think I donated to Goodwill um, or I let my sister pick 
pick through, my mom picked through, whatever it is. But I was like, I just need to get it out. And my other biggest issue when I do normal organizing is that I will fill a trash bag or 12 uh, with the intent of taking it over to somewhere, Goodwill, Mm -hmm. wherever. It's usually Goodwill because it's easy, uh, even though I know they're not the best organization. So don't at me. Uh, But it's easy. I don't care. So from what I hear, they're better than Salvation Army. Yeah, I would never do Salvation Army. But I know in my heart that I should be seeking out a women's shelter or, you know, the dress for success, you know, taking my old business clothes, which I have done in the past to a drop off location for people trying to get jobs. Yeah, but they're not looking for like all of the shit that you have. Well, that's the thing. You have to be very specific. But this one, my whole premise was let's get it the out of our house as fast as humanly possible because those bags will end up in the trunk of the car for like six or eight months you're just driving around with it making it mobile i don't know why but i know everyone does this <laughs> put it in the trash yep. yeah yep. so every time i do this with my sisters we have like 20 trash bags of things that need to go to goodwill and then she'll just drive around with them for six months it's fine we all do it but this was like we sorted all the clothes on saturday night by sunday morning we had them dropped off at goodwill I wanted them out. And it was so funny, like how much space we recl- We have a huge walk-in closet. You know, we have like five or six closets, other, you know, other closets in the house. But it was, it was so fun, like to get it up, to get it back in there. You know, she's got specific methods on how to hang things, how to fold things. The folding will change your life. Stand up mm-hmm. folded shirts in your drawer is a life changer. And this is what she'll tell you. And she says it in the book. And I was like, oh, I believe that. And it's true. She said, once you finish this process, and again, it takes six months, and it can be emotional, and visceral and whatever else. Once you finish this process, you won't have to do it again. And I will tell you, again, I'm a year and maybe a month out since we did this with our clothing and our shoes and our books and stuff. I have not had to reorganize or redo anything. Now, Paul's folded drawers are a different matter. Uh, He has his own way of folding things, and he has very large clothes. They don't necessarily fit very well in these drawers. We need to come up with a better system for this. I know. When she was showing those drawers, I'm like, my drawers are not that deep. No, they're not. not Mine are not that that deep, but I have learned, I have perfected the folding technique, I will put, I have before and after pictures of all of my clothes, shoes, books uh, from when we did this last year. And I will put them on my, uh, on our show notes page. And I will give you a current shot as well, what it looks like a year later. I have not had to redo this. Now, I probably need to go through because I realize as I do laundry and I basically put all the clothes back where they were because I just have them like sorted by color she recommends that. I'm a giant nerd. So mine are by nerd, by by color, whatever. It's like cross-reference shirts. I don't know. So yeah. I also realize that I have a ridiculously large number of t-shirts. I got rid of a ton of t-shirts. I do too. I that's my problem. And and I don't wear a ton of t-shirts. Mm-hmm. I wear a lot of like I have pajama t-shirts. Right. And I have my um wandering around town t-shirts, and they're always like graphic tees and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like I do also have ones that are just plain and I think, oh, I'll wear those when a graphic t-shirt is not appropriate. Like if I'm going to a fancy restaurant and stuff. And mm. so, um, 
but I, I really have too many t-shirts. I really need to pare them down. This will help because again, as my drawer empties out, as I'm wearing clothes throughout the week, and again, I work at home, so I tend to wear my pajamas Mm-hmm. until it's time to leave the house, you know what I mean? Or yeah. a t-shirt becomes pajamas, whatever. But I will find that there are the same shirts over and over that are still in the drawer on laundry day. So these are clearly not shirts that I'm wearing because I don't get a lot of enjoyment out of them. Maybe they're a little too tight. Maybe they're fading. Maybe they have a hole in them. I don't know. But I need to go through again the process of just kind of touching everything and going, yes, no, yes, no. But other than that, I've not had to redo any of this. Like I just had to redo my closet, but it literally consisted of me rolling a giant ottoman out of there that had gotten put in there for a photo project I was working on and moving some boxes back to where they had been before somebody looked through them. That was it. It took 10 minutes. Normally my closet projects are like hours and hours and sweating my ass off, you know, on the floor of the closet. So that's been very nice. So that's clothes. Um, yeah, clothes, clothes, I think, is the hardest one. And like you said, that mm-hmm. that's what you got through. I, I The reason why I just say it's the hardest one is because you have so much of them and you don't even realize them until they're all pulled out of the drawers and out of the closet. You don't realize yes. the quantity that you have. Now, I think you could probably get through it pretty quickly mm-hmm. in a couple oh, of days. Oh, we did, yeah. The clothes but, we actually um, were done with yeah. within 36 hours. From starting. I was done with them. Yeah. Um, again, because I, I did my clothes because I didn't have these little checklists when I was doing it. I started by just watching the show. I think I was reading the book while I was doing it. So I wasn't fully prepped on how to do everything. I just kind of I was like, let's just do it. Let's start. And uh, so we did. So I did the clothes first on their own. Then I did shoes. And again, I, I'm, again, not a clothes horse, not a shoe horse. I'm not one of these people who has 80 or 90 pairs of shoes. But I realized once you pull them from all these weird nooks and crannies that they end up around the house or in the car or wherever they end up, once you pull them all together and look at it again, you're kind of like, oh, like, oh, that's a lot of shoes. And I literally never wear a lot of these. So I went through and I got rid of the shoes. I think I cut it down from like maybe 40 pairs of just random shit to 20 pairs. But I can honestly go a whole lot further down if I needed to because I don't wear heels, but I have a thing in my head that tells me I need to like wearing heels and I do like the look of them, but I don't go anywhere where I'm going to wear them or I don't want to walk in them because they hurt my feet. So it's like, ah, it's a cute shoe, but uh, so anyway. Okay. So I'm going to ask the listeners this dilemma I have. I have three pairs of high top Converse. Okay. One pair, black toe, and uh, has a Batman from the New 52 yep, on it. Yep, I know those. Okay. The other one is a white toe, has Superman from Rebirth. Okay. The other one has a white toe and is a white... Um, Actually, it's both of them are cream, cream colored toe, like the old retro style, cream colored canvas with the old Batman logo of like Adam West circuit. I probably shouldn't have three pairs of high top Converse. Why? But I love all three of them. Then that's the answer. (laughs) It doesn't. That's the thing. She she was getting crapped on, and we'll talk about books in a minute. She was getting crapped on by people who were like, she's telling me I should only own 10 books or 30 books or something. Oh, my God, that's horrifying. And and 
And she's come out, she's like, the number isn't important. How much you have, how many you have is not important. What's important is do you love them? Do they make you feel good about yourself? Do they spark some kind of joy when you touch them, when you see them, when you think about them, when you wear them? Are you going to wear them? These are these are more of the criteria as like, let's open up space in our life and get rid of the plain, frumpy black ballet flats that we only wear to Comic Palooza or some shit because we're going to be walking for a long time. They're still probably not good for our feet. And they don't make us happy. You know, like I was I was scrolling through Facebook the other day and I saw a pair and they're low top Converse like. I don't know that they were actually Converse, but they were uh, classic Nintendo game controllers. Oh, that's awesome. And I was like, I sent them to Paul. I was like, I need these for Comic Palooza. He's like, yeah, you do. I have not bought them, but I really would like them. So with Converse, you need to put insoles in. Happy Feet makes a good one because Converse, okay. has, it's flat as a board yeah. inside there. There's no See, I haven't support. worn Converse since I was 14 years old. Yeah, I'll send you the link to my insoles because yeah, they they are nice. Because you can tear out the Converse insole if you want. But I find that it's not too tight if I put them just right in t- on top of them. You know? Yeah. Well, the nice thing with a canvas shoe is it does tend to kind of move and stretch a little bit. So it's not usually super, super horrible. But but either way, that's a pair of shoes that would make me happy. I saw some shark canvas ones last year that I was like, I totally need those. Didn't ever buy them, but I still might. <coughs> I've seen Wonder Woman. Like those are shoes that are going to make me happy. And I, I would wear them versus, again, a hanging bag of shoes in my closet that I am never wearing any of these pairs because – I don't go the places and they hurt my feet. Like yeah. that doesn't bring me joy. I, so, you know, I generally wear heels to work and I say heels and in quotes, in air quotes. And, um, but I find that like heel heels with the mm-hmm. skinny little heel, I yeah. don't like them. They're not comfortable for me. Nope. I have, um, but I have a pair of heels that are kind of wedges. They're skinny wedges in the back Yeah. and they're leather. And so they're soft. Um, yeah. I love them, and I find that I was wearing them every day because as go. soon as I put the other pairs on, I didn't like it. So then mm-hmm. I went to DSW and said, I wonder if they have any others. And they um, they didn't have any other colors, but I bought two more pair because I was like, I love these. I wear them all the time. They're going to go out of season, and I'm not going to have them again. So that's a right. waste of space in my place, but I know that I'm going to continue to have those long after the weather, the leather wears out. Yeah, on these shoes that I have worn consistently for months and months and months, for at least nine months, I've worn them every single day, the same pair. Yeah. Well, again, again, as long as you get rid of the other ones that are taking up space and don't make you happy, or just, you know, keep one pair that you might need for X occasion, which is kind of what I did. Yeah. But again, I could go through, you can continually doing this. And when you're bringing new things in, I don't know which episodes of Tidying Up you watched. It's There's not a ton of them, but sometimes you don't get a chance to go through them all. The one where the, the Japanese hit family that were just total fucking orders. Oh, yeah, this I saw them. had mm-hmm. so much stuff, and she had, like, such a massive shopping addiction. She's like, when I get ha- mad at my husband, I go shopping, and I, I punish him with retail therapy. I'm like, oh, Yeah, because he was like a hoarder. Yeah, because he was like a hoarder, but then she was he like. He was hoarding baseball cards. She was hoarding clothes. Yeah, and but, but she didn't think it was they, her problem. I'm like, you are just yeah, as no, bad. No, you yeah. have you have a massive problem as well. Uh, and again, highly recommend watching these shows because you kind of see, you know, yourself in some of these these yeah. pe- people on here. Um, 
There's one family. It's just the worst. The mm-hmm. one who's, you know, I don't know. But anyway, um, but yeah, so basically what she kind of told her was, okay, now that you've gotten this down to a, you know, small boutique rather than a massive Goodwill nesting ground, when you're buying new things, you need to think about what space you have to put them in. And if you don't have the space, you need to make space. So you need to, it, you know, when you bring something new in, it's time to let something else go. So I think that's, you know, that's a really good and it, practice it and is way a, to do things. And it's a rule of thumb that I've always had, especially since I generally use every square inch of my closet. Um, and, but I find that I don't do it. I even think about things as I buy them. What am I going to get rid of? And then I think about them and I'm like, well, I'm going to have to figure it out when I get home. And I really shouldn't do that. <laughs> well, there's there's a whole level of discipline that kind of goes along with maintaining an organized household. So again, once we finished our clothes and, and you know, the, the first, I think we did the first three categories. Once we finished those, I went to my sisters and I said, listen, I will help you do this. But you have to be here. You have to physically be here touching every fucking thing in this house, just like I did, because I want you to understand the process. I want you to see how I'm going to organize your closet to make your life easier, to make things easier to put back when you hang them. Mm -hmm. The problem is that didn't happen. She did do the process with me. We got rid of a bunch of stuff. I hung them. The closet looked beautiful. But when they are putting things back, they don't follow the pattern. Yeah. And that's, again, that's personal responsibility. And it's, you know, it's, it's a level of discipline that you have to have when you're doing this. Like my stuff basically comes out of the closet from one place and goes back into that same place in the closet. Like my clothes just, they have a spot and that's where it goes when I hang it back up. It's not willy nilly. Yeah. But, and she, you know, the, she kind of goes into this a little bit on the show that like, if you're sitting there with your kids um, and you're actually looking at um, you're doing this together. Like we're doing the folding together and we're doing this as an activity um, with each other. They start to understand that th- this consistent discipline, right? And so I don't know anything about kids. I assume it wouldn't work, but whatever. Um, it, I think it can because uh, I have had my niece and nephew over when I'm doing my folding, he was, my nephew was here this afternoon. I was doing my folding for my clothes to get him back in the drawer. And they're interested. Like my niece wants to help. Now I give her the things like socks and underwear, right? That are small, easier to handle. It's not a giant t-shirt that gets away from you. So, you know, and again, do they do it perfectly? No. But are they getting the concept and the understanding and honestly, just the muscle memory of how to fold things certain ways, like, you know, to fold the socks two or three times, depending on the size of the sock, or if it's a dude sock versus a girl sock, you don't roll it because then you rip out the elastic, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of very specific methods to her madness on how to, and, and basically this method of folding helps take care of your clothing too, because you're not, you know, one, you're not digging in and getting things all askew and catching it in drawers and whatever. When those t-shirts are standing up, you can see exactly which one you want and pick just that one. It doesn't destroy the whole drawer. You just have a hole now in the shape of a t-shirt. That has been really life-changing for me. I ordered from Amazon a pack of these different um, Mm -hmm. like lingerie holders, right? So there's, you know, one box that's got 12 or 15, um, you know, 
individual sections for putting underwear or socks or, you know, and then there's a long one for bras. Now, here's the deal. If you got big boobs and you got a big bra and you don't have a tall, like deep drawers, this can be tricky yeah. and they don't really fit. So you have to play with it and make it work for you, for your situation. Now, what I would like to do is replace my dresser with something that's got deep ass drawers. That'd be amazing. Yeah. But I haven't done that. Okay. So anyways, but the, probably the, the clothing thing that took me the longest to get through was the accessories because I was like, I'm not going to just sort through this. I'm going to sort – like I literally took everything out of my jewelry box. I, I've got like an armoire, like pull all the stuff out, tossed it in the same box that you gave me full of costume jewelry, like my wedding ring, everything's in there. And then it took me about four months to actually go through it. When you throw when you throw jewelry in a box like that, man, it's hard to get through. It is. It's tough. And and it also it's again, it's one of those mental blocks too. When you look at it, it looks like such a mess. You're just not gonna get through it. I finally did a lot of the costume jewelry. You know, if my sister or mom didn't want it, um if, if it's not one that I was like, Oh, I love this. Cause again, I didn't buy any of that. You gave me it. And it's like, so some of it works for me, some of it not as much. And so now it's costume jewelry that my kids play with. My my niece and nephew play with it. And that's fine. It's, you know, it's great. It's or I got rid of it. If it wasn't something I needed, I got rid of it. Yeah, I still find like random pieces that I'm like attached to like a purse or something, like a pin or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Yeah, I don't even know why I attached this to this purse. Because it's like, yeah, exactly. You're like, what? What is this a thing? Maybe I felt like I needed to do something with it. That's sometimes I do that. Like, I'm like, well, okay. Like, I'll have a scarf. I think the design's really pretty, but I don't wear scarves that are this short, like an ascot, you know, or something. And right. so I'm like, well, I could tie it to a purse. Well, why the fuck are you just going to tie a scarf to a purse if you, I don't know. you know, stuff like that. <laughs> I find things. Uh, well, I think some of these things are like, I don't know where to put this scarf. Here, I'm going to put it on this mm-hmm. this purse and be trendy. And then I end up using nothing, either one of them. Yeah. So again, a lot of, and again, when we take things apart that are like that, that are randomly together. Mm-hmm. For no good reason. We take them apart. We hold each thing individually and we try to decide, is this something that makes me happy in my life or is this something that's causing clutter, causing chaos, causing anxiety? Because a lot of people don't realize that how much your physical space really dictates, you know, your anxiety level, depression levels, happiness levels, because things can get really cluttered very quickly and then you just feel overwhelmed. Now, I live in a, a house with two other grown adults in it. I am a weirdly passive aggressive person when it comes to how I like to clean. And if there is another human in the house, I don't want to do it. I'm or same if, thing. if one of those humans makes coming some kind of shitty comment, it's usually my dad, uh, so makes some kind of comment about why is this here? Why is it there? I'm like, cause go fuck yourself. You know what I mean? So, so then it becomes this other block. It's like an aggressive block. And so, you know, you have to take the time and space to do this when it makes sense to you don't have to answer to other people. And this is another place that I got stuck. But let me move on. Um, Actually, let's take a quick break because mm-hmm. we're already like a, a way into this. But again, this is the thing. Clothes is a huge category. Yeah. Covers a lot of stuff. So once we move on, we'll, we'll get through things a lot faster. But let's take a quick break and we'll come right back and we will talk about step two of the KonMari method. Have you ever watched an absolutely terrible movie and thought to yourself, what were they thinking? Because we sure have. So much so that we named our podcast after it. What were they thinking? Starring me, Nathan. And Brendan. 
every other week, we take a bad to questionable movie and unpack it so you don't have to. And then every other other week, we A your cues with our mailbag. Or, you know, talk about whatever. Yeah, no big whoop. No, no big whoop at all. So that's what were they thinking. You can catch us on Podbean, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and more. Uh, also, a ton of platforms that Brendan made up. Hey everybody, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned from, from movies. movies. And tonight... Tonight! Like every night, we bring you <laughs> questionable movies and pass the lessons that we've learned on to you. As well as we go over some great beer and funny third thing. Yes, we're excellent beer reviewers, and as BJCP certified beer judges, we sort of know what we're talking about in regards to that. The movies? Eh! <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to hear us talk about uh, odd movies, and uh, is he talking about BJing? Woo! Uh, listen to us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. Hey, honey, are you ready to pop that top? Woo! My top! Okay, so we're back. And we're going to kind of speed through a little bit on the the other categories for KonMari, because uh, I want to make sure that we get through everything, and yeah, then you guys she, can actually get to doing stuff. Yeah, she talked about books, and I understand, you know, a lot of people is like, step two has a ton of books in it. I don't have yes. a lot of books, because when you move so many times, and right. oh, e-books are available, I'm like, I'm yep. not carrying that shit. Like, it, Well, here's the thing. I, I've done what you did, basically about... I don't know, six or seven years ago, I started getting more into ebooks. And only in the last couple of years have I gotten into audiobooks. But ebooks specifically, I started getting when I got an iPad because it was one of those things that, like, oh, hey, I can have my entire library with me at any given time, can read any book I want, anywhere I want. I can read porn at the doctor's office if I want to, and no one will ever know. That became such a a big concept to me that I, I went through, and this was long before this, I went through and I said, okay, I'm only keeping books that are like the, the like it's a series or it's very special to me. And for some reason, like I had all of the Harry Potter books in hardback, mm-hmm. you know, like I had all of... I think I had all the Twilight books. Like I had, there were a couple of different series that I had all of the books in the Jurassic Park ones. And it just, it was like, I want these to look good on my shelf and I like them and I got gift cards for them, but everything else I kind of got rid of. And then I've slowly peeled that back even to go, hmm, I've got all of these as eBooks. So do I really still need to carry around these heavy ass hardback books? Because I don't really care yeah, for paper. I kind of got general. rid of the uh, Harry Potter books too because I had all the ebooks and the audiobooks. And I'm like, I gave mine to my sister. And I'm like, <laughs> these are really big. And yeah, yeah. they're heavy. Yeah. They're very heavy. So I, I did the same thing a while ago. So when we did the books thing last year, I was like, oh, well, I don't have that many books. It, you know, whatever. And then you go again because, okay, let me tell you what's in the books category. So this is not just like your paperback books or your novel-y type books. Again, general books. So any novels, fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is that you've got. Also, cookbooks. This is where I found out I was a little bit of a cookbook hoarder. Uh, and then also in this category are magazines and portfolios. So basically anything including bound paper together counts in the book category. I even count notepads that are blank. Yeah. 
once you start pulling cookbooks in, if you're a magazine person, I know a lot of people, my friend Misty, like loves interior design stuff. And so she's just got magazines coming out her ears. They're everywhere. And it's like, okay, do we need to keep the whole thing? Can we just keep the article that you want or the recipe that you like? Like, how is there a better way to do this? But again, like the clothes, she wants you to gather every book in the house. Whatever it is, doesn't matter, yours, kids, somebody else's, left on the doorstep, who cares? Bring it all together in one space. And then she does this weird thing where she kind of goes through and touches the stacks and wakes them up. I don't know. I guess the books are sleepy. Yeah. And so she has to go wake them up. And uh, I, I didn't really do, I, I guess I tapped on him again. I was going to follow the process. I, I didn't get that emotionally connected with waking books up. But again, I, I went through this and I was like, all right, is this a book I'm going to read again? Is this one that I need to carry from space to space? Is this one that, you know, somebody gave me and I read once and I didn't like and I just have it because who throws books away? That's terrible. Blah. So I went through that again very quickly the longest time is lugging these shit back and forth. And then once you have them all in one space, you're like, I do not want to move mm -hmm. this 200 pound stack of books the next time we have to move to a new place. So, you know, I went through them and I kept a very small number. Most of what I kept were cookbooks that I really, really liked when I touched them, um, whether I've used them or not. Some of them just make me happier than others did. And some of them were more special than others. I don't use cookbooks that much for some reason I really like having cookbooks I, yeah. and I like the physical book I don't like an ebook cookbook. I always print reason. off my recipes and throw it in a binder so I mean I basically yeah. make a cook or a cookbook you know well I've I've purchased a recipe book and have started doing that so that if I it's something I've made and I love I put it in there but anyway so then what I did was you know I was taking pictures before and after pictures of all of my stuff because I was documenting the process and I actually put it out there. I was like, hey, anybody want some books? And our friend Randy, random Randy, uh, was like, I will take all of your cookbooks. And I was like, come and get them. And he did. So he came and picked them up and took the books away. And that was delightful. Everything else either went to my sister's house if she wanted them or they went to the Goodwill. So again, and, and this was done the same weekend. So it was very, very quick. I think it took Randy until like we did this on Saturday or Sunday. And I think Randy came on to Tuesday or something. So then by Wednesday, everything else was gone. That was my biggest thing. It's like, get it. If, if I'm donating it, not selling it, gone. Needs to be gone. So again, a lot of people got up in arms about this. And because she did make some kind of comment about how nobody should own more than like 30 books. And I don't unless it's an ebook. But again, she's and then she's like, I don't care how many books you have. I'm just saying that takes up a lot of physical space. And if you're not using them... And they're not books that you love to read over and over again. If you're keeping them on your shelf because of reasons that you maybe you may think it makes you look more intellectual that you have a copy of the Iliad on your bookshelf, even though you've never read it or you read it once and hated it. But it doesn't make you any smarter for having it. Like, it just doesn't make sense if it's not a book that brings you joy to hang on to it. And I agree with that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people out there who do love those books. Let them have it. You don't need it anymore. And some people and use books as decor. you don't have to give this yeah. shit away. Mm -hmm. You can sell this stuff if you want to. That's a thing, apparently. Yep. Okay, so section three. We got through this step and then kind of stalled out. So three is papers. Now, this is um, – there's three categories of paper, and it's basically something that is currently in use 
something that must be kept for a period of time. So like your tax records have to be kept for seven years or it has to be kept indefinitely. So something like a life insurance policy or your mortgage or, you know, something like that, that you have to birth certificates, records, those things Mm -hmm. that you have to keep. This is it currently in use total. And again, this is not anything that is a sentimental item. So if you run across the letter from high school from your friend who's no longer with us, this is not in this category. Section five is sentimental. You want to take, and this is the same thing, clothing, clothing, books, any of that stuff, take it out of the running. You just say, like, I have a pile that I started collecting of sentimental things that are to be dealt with later. And the reason is that, again, as you go through these, it gets harder to go through them. So again, clothing was a big category, but easy. Books, a little bit harder. Papers are harder because people hoard papers. I hoard papers. I don't know why. I have stacks of mail that's never been opened. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, ugh, can I throw it away? Yeah, I can throw it away. I fucking didn't deal with it. So like, why do I need to keep a record of the fact that I didn't deal with it? That's dumb. But so we made it through papers. We went through everything. And Paul's a paper hoarder. And it was like, God, we've got manuals for things we don't own. And you don't need manuals because manuals are online. Like there's so she's got a whole section about how to go through the papers. But that's basically what we have now. We have things that are currently in progress. We have things that we have to keep for a certain period of time. And then we have the long-term stuff. Mm-hmm. That's it. Gotten rid of like literally everything else. And again, I used to be a corporate trainer. I design training. I design materials that go along with training, <laughs> workbooks and yeah. files and blah, lesson plans and all this shit. So I had so many bins of paper and I'm like, I have got an electronic copy of all of this and I also don't plan to do that work again. Do I need to keep this? Yeah. The answer is no, you don't. It, so yeah, I threw like, a bunch of it away. Yeah. Like a ton of it away. Same thing with uh, manuals, like you were saying. It's like they're online. Yeah. Yeah. They're online. You don't need them. Uh, so that's that's the third category. The fourth category is the biggest category. And it's called Komono, which is basically miscellaneous items. So let me tell you what's on this little checklist for miscellaneous items. Because it's pretty much fucking everything else that isn't a sentimental item. So this is your CDs and DVDs, skin care and makeup, home accessories, electronics, craft supplies, tools, kitchen goods, valuables, household supplies, and bedding. So again, it's basically everything that is not clothes, books, or paper. This is when you deal with it. This is where we got stuck. Because this is basically where I extend past my portion of the household and have to go into public spaces, if that makes any sense. Like my kitchen stuff. Mm -hmm. For some reason, my dad is like, why do you want to get rid of plates? I'm like, because I don't like them. They don't make me happy. I've got these fucking China plates that I got for wedding presents that have been sitting in a pink Kate Spade box for 10 years. Uh, Why don't we just use those every day? You know, (laughs) like that would make more sense. But when you get somebody else that's that's kind of a hoarder and they're like, where we can't get rid of the things. <laughs> and so it gets a little bit more challenging. I'm like, could you like go on a vacation for a week? That'd be great because then I could get through this shit. Um, so, again, this is the place that we've gotten stuck. And like my office is a mess and my kitchen is my kitchen is not a mess, but we just have a lot of stuff that we don't need and don't use. 
that we need to, I think we need to get rid of. I just have to have the time and space to passive aggressively clean this shit without somebody in my face. So, yeah, uh, that's, that is a common problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, you've got people who like to hold on to stuff and people who are freer about getting rid of stuff. I have moved from one to the other. I am much more free about getting rid of things that I don't really need or want. But again, when you have other people in the scenario, it can get dicey. So remember that when you guys are stranded in the house together for the next 3,000 days or however long this shit is going to take. Um, okay, so uh, category five, again, is sentimental items. So this is diaries, letters, photos, uh and children's keepsakes. Do not try to do any of this stuff until you have completely cleaned everywhere else because the sentimental items will stop you dead in your tracks every single time. That's why you still have them because your brain is holding on to them for some reason. They may or may not be super important. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And I, I agree. And I think that one actually will slow a lot of people down. But um mm-hmm. It does. Like I said, I have a whole stack of stuff. I have so many photos, especially back from our scrapbooking days where we were doing physical scrapbooks. I have a ton of photos that got printed out and I haven't gone through them and they block me. You know, the other thing that I need to do, and I'm going to do it during the kimono stage, which I'm going to be working on during this process. So you guys are going to go through pain. I'm going to go through it with you mm-hmm. is going through my computer files mm. because I've got two computers and both of them have so much stuff on them. I'm a photographer. I'm a trainer. I, I, I'm a writer. Like I have everything I have is like a digital file. But like my photos, because I'm worried that something will happen or I need it in some form versus another form, I have like 30,000 copies of the same pictures and a lot of them. So it's it's one of those like I need to go through and I need to say, all right, I took these photos professionally. People haven't bought them. It's been over X number of years. They can go into a, you know, basically what I do is I transfer them to a uh, like an external hard drive and then put them in a safe like a firebox so that I will have them. But then I need to take them off my computer yeah, because they're just taking up space. Like Paul just keeps getting me larger and larger hard drives. So I'm like, I, you know, I really could get rid of a lot of this. And there's just so much of it. It needs to be organized just like everything else. Because when you go into your computer to do anything, it gets super overwhelming really fast. You're like, fuck it. I'm just going to go play solitaire. I'm done. So... <laughs> Yep. I Anyway, yeah. So that is basically the KonMari method in a nutshell. And, you know, again, one of the other things that there was a lot of stuff that I had that I didn't necessarily like I I've deemed that they are of value. They're worth money and I always need money, so I should sell them. But doing the actual work to put something online to sell it as again was a kind of a stopping point for me. So I still have a laundry basket full of stuff that I deem is worth selling that I have yet to sell. So, yep. Well, but it's like old cameras and stuff that like may or may not actually have as much value as I think they do. Cause I have some good, you know, good quality cameras and whatever, but I don't need them anymore. I don't use I, them. I, and I'm like, Meh. I think you kind of bring up a good point is, uh, 
first of all, electronics, they do not gain value. So if you do have the opportunity to sell it for even a little bit, sell it sooner rather than later. Um, second is other things like toys and collectibles and things like that. They are not going to make you rich. Um, they, you would invest way more than you'll get, um, in toys and collectibles. So only keep stuff that you like really, really love. Like we have Funko Pops. We really, really mm -hmm. love them. We take them out of the box. Yeah. Be They're out of the box. Because exactly. we do not keep them thinking that they will appreciate in value because I'm not going to spend that type of money and not be able to see it without that uh, coating of plastic over it, right? So, right. so although they do kind of stand up because they stop making their legs squatty, but that's another story for another day. <laughs> well, that's that's one of the things that, again, that, that Japanese-American family on the Tidying Up show, the Big Hoarder family, that was the thing with the guy was he had probably 10,000 or more baseball cards. Like he was a sports memorabilia collector, but mostly baseball cards or football or whatever, trading cards. And they were all stored poorly in cardboard boxes or, you know, they all have, none of them have the acid-free stuff. Like this is not really a, a vintage collection kind of thing. It's literally just looks like garbage because it's just thrown in banker boxes and piled up in a corner of a guest room or something. Mm -hmm. And I think going through the process, and she was like, listen, you don't understand. Like, there are so few cards in here that actually have value other than your own sentimental value to having collected it that you would do better. And you would probably, and he found this, that he got more joy out of a thousand cards that had meant something versus just, you know, the quality versus the quantity. And I think that's what a lot of people get into. My ex-husband collected baseball cards. And I don't fucking know, like they just ended up places. Like we had a whole China cabinet full of them at one point. I was like, get these out of my goddamn house. Like I need to be able to put my fucking stuff in the China cabinet, not your stupid dusty cards. Mm -hmm. Cause he didn't take care of them. That's the thing. You just collect them. They're in an album. They're in boxes. Blah, blah, blah. They're all over the place. They're not adding any value. They're not gaining any value because you're not taking care of them the way you have to, because nobody has the time, energy or money to do it. Or the storage space. And he's like, two years after we got divorced, he's like, do you have my baseball cards? I'm like, no, I don't. That is not something, no matter how much I despise you, that I would bother spending energy, time, or money to deal with. I, did, I didn't rent a storage unit for your baseball cards just to stick it to you. Like, no, this is not a thing. So I think, you know, that's the thing. When you're collecting... And, and again, we're a nerd show. So we have a lot of people who like collecting. They find this. A lot of people think that they are going to make millions doing this. You're not. Yeah. Or very, 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 very few of you will. So it's our opinion that it is better for you psychologically, probably even physically, because that shit gets moldy. It's just like... The toys, I mean, again, they're toys. They were like all of the toys we had. We had all of these toys. They're like, this is a great collector's value. We had those as kids, but they were toys. Yeah. We played with mm -hmm. them and they got destroyed because that's what happens. They're not worth shit now, but they were worth, you know, the awesome time we had playing with. And them. that's what you'll remember. You don't remember, oh, I bought something. I stored it for a year or, or you know, 10 years. Yeah, exactly. 30 in, years, in a, exactly. In a closet, paid $56 a, a month for storage on that said closet, mm -hmm. and then sold it 30 years later uh, for 300 bucks. That's actually exactly. not a very good return on investment, but whatever. Mm -mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like these people are hoarding toilet paper. It's like, yeah, oh, you got toilet paper until now. Don't get me fucking started uh, on the toilet paper. mm -hmm. But if you had to give up your one closet to do it, was it really worth it in the long run? Yep. I don't think so. But again, you do you, boo. But uh, also, don't ever let anybody see that you're hoarding toilet paper because they'll probably punch you in the throat. So just saying. Well, I do recommend the Tidy Up show overall. And I wish they would do another season. Yeah, I hope they're doing it. They probably season, are. I like, but um, re- I've watched them multiple times because I just I dig it. Yeah, I really enjoy watching that. It's very satisfying. I like to me that to she doesn't judge people for like you know because I've seen mm-hmm. all of the ones on TLC and those things where they're, they they yeah. take actually somebody with mental health issues and they're yeah, like that's a different situation and they're like you have to throw away everything you own and the person's crying and they're like you know I hope. I hope you don't live in a situation where you have multiple dead animals just under garbage in your house. If you do, if this is the situation you find yourself in to the point where, again, when we're talking about hoarding, we are talking about normal people uh, pack ratting. Let's say it that way. It's it's I'm just don't want to get rid of stuff, but it's not a, a serious mental health issue. If you find yourself in this situation, please get help like professional help, not Bobby, the cleaning lady down the street, that's not going to do it. You have got a a serious health issues that you're going to have to deal with. And it's going to take a lot more than six months. It's going to take a lot more than a TV show to get you inspired to do it. So again, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about you got too much crap in your house. Yeah the end you know yeah and again feel better. we're stuck inside this is a good thing to do also if you do this with your family you do this with your kids especially and they're old enough to do it they're old enough to be focused on the appreciation value how to do this one it's going to help your household but two it's going to help them appreciate things better as they grow up and hopefully be better humans but it's also going to keep people busy during this I'm bored and i'm gonna do blah blah hopefully it will keep them everyone in your house entertained or at least focused on something other than the fact that you're stuck inside the fact that the kids are having to learn how to be homeschooled at, at home or online class and the fact that the world is just an anxiety filled place right now yeah. it's just something else you can focus on that isn't, oh my God, am I going to run out of toilet paper when my 16 rolls are gone? Oh my God, am I going to be able to find hamburger meat for all of this hamburger helper that I stocked up on? You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, I, it sounds stupid, but it's something like this is something I was like, tell Paul, I was like, mm, you know, I just went grocery shopping last week and it was just normal groceries. And this week I went and I got kind of what was available at the store as a fill in to the groceries I already had. But I'm like, I don't have a shit ton of shelf stuff. I don't have yeah. all this stable stuff. Like, I I don't know how long this is going to last. It sounded like a joke. It's turning into much less of a joke. I, I want to be prepared, but I also don't want to be panicky about it. So it's a very fine line. And especially as somebody who actually deals with generalized anxiety disorder and, you know, major depression and things like that from time to time. These are these are things that I have to watch on myself so that I'm not freaking the fuck out and freaking everyone else around me or I'm not ending up putting myself in the hospital just due to stress illness because that's a very easy thing to happen for me. Yeah. And you know, fortunately, I'm not there and I but I'm I'm watching it. I'm walking the line and I want to make sure, you know, and you can't go to the hospital to- right now, Liz, so you're just going to have to 
you're just gonna have to knock that's the thing yeah so can see if they can knock you out or something because i'm not kidding i don't want you at a hospital uh but again, it's it's something I have to do to create that space around me that just makes the world make a little bit more sense right yeah. now. And I and honestly, if you don't have um, things that don't bring you joy, which is the idea of the tidying up, it does add more anxiety or like or or this extra obligation. This is something I have to do. Um, that it, that adds to anxiety. Yeah. Or the, yeah. or the guilt that that guilt of I should be doing something but I'm not doing it because that's where stress comes from. That's where guilt comes from. It's like, by the way, men I, don't get that. I guess, men don't I get that, especially when it has to do with the house. They I, have yeah. no concept. This is what they should be doing. Yeah. I, I would say not all men. Cause Paul is kind of a OCD oh, guy, for God's but, but, but you're but, turning into a not all men general, guy. Yes, I, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like he is, he is definitely much more OCD about stuff. His stuff is much better looking so, yeah, on but, the on but, the surface um yes than mine but does is, he but. feel guilty if it's not no he just does it that's it that's where yes. i get stuck i don't get to the just do it part i get in the yeah. somebody put papers on my desk because again. you know perfectly well if like his mother came to town mm-hmm. and the house was not tidy mm-hmm. he doesn't get blamed for it you get blamed for it that would have been my first mother-in-law one hundred percent, and that was his point too. He actually, I was like, "Clean your shit up! Like this is your stuff. That's your underwear in the middle of the f- fucking living room. Like, why is it even here? I don't even understand what's happening." But I was like, "He's like, she's not going to blame me for it." I'm like, "This is the problem. Your mother created this nonsense because my mother would be like, what the fuck are you living with? Like, <laughs> yeah, that is gross.' I'm like, it is gross. So I don't know. Yeah." But yeah, no, my, yeah, think, my yeah. current mother-in-law is super chill. She would not, I don't think she would notice or care, but okay. I would care. I care when people come over, though I do have a rule and I've told a lot of people this. The first time you come to my house as a guest, I will make sure that the place is as clean as I can deal with. You know what I mean? Like I will, I will clean it up. I will make sure everything looks good. Candles will be lit. It smells nice, blah, blah, blah. After that, and you're someone I've invited back to my home, you are now family and you can get your own drink out of the fridge and I'm not lighting a candle because a candle <laughs> like, I'm is, not wasted that, cl- that I'm not candle. doing that. Like if you're that concerned about the state of my house that I live in every day, then I don't really want you coming over anyway. So, you know, that's the thing. And, yeah. and, and we treat people here like family. And honestly, we don't have a lot of people coming over here because we have three dogs and they can be obnoxious. But. And scare you when you're watching Haley. <laughs> I, I wish to God we had video of that because that was hilarious. If you don't remember what we talked about with this, uh, my dog Daphne is a very tall, or she's not very tall, but she's tall. As, you're tall enough to, that you could feel them over the edge of the sofa. Yeah, so Heather's, Heather's sitting on the back of the, you know, back on the couch. And all of a sudden, like, and it was like during a scary part of the movie too. So Daphne just like gets up under her neck or whatever, like flips her, flips her nose up and down. Heather's like, what the crap? I'm like, sorry. (laughs) 
Yeah. Uh, hey, I do have a recommendation oh, yeah. for anybody that's kind of interested. This is very similar topic that, to the Marie Kondo. Obviously, we're recommending Marie Kondo. Um, I have found, though, a very similar concept is uh, a website called Apartment Therapy. Every January, they do a January cure. And basically, they just give you steps of things like, hey, work on this, work on this. and But they refer to it in January. But you can just go to the website and do it any time of the mm-hmm. year. You know, it, does, it doesn't matter. And then at the end of the month, after you've done all of the tasks, and the tasks are minor when you break them down to day by day. Um, and then the end last task is, and then throw a dinner party. And the idea is that, you know, when you have people over to your house, it makes you actually feel better about it. Mm-hmm. I think that's so, I think that's a great idea. Like, I know my sister-in-law was doing one that was like 10 minutes of tidying per day. Where that's, yeah, like that's a it. fly it's like lady. One thing, and you just spend ten minutes working on it, and you do that every single day, and it adds up mm-hmm. over and over time. So yeah, that's a, yeah, that's another good one for recommendation is Fly Lady. She kind of talks about how you should not try for this perfection, and yeah. that's actually what kind of gets you stuck. Yep. And so she's like, just do this every night. Every night before you go to bed, clean your sink. Yep. And then so then you start to get into that, and she's like, okay, now here's your next baby step. Yeah. Your next baby step is we'll give you fifteen minutes to clean this up every day, and then they give you like certain set ones and then what to tell kids to do yeah. and things like that. That's a cool very one. yeah, it's very nice um program because I could I could handle it and I could follow it and then like um when I would get up in the you know, when I get up it had like things like, you know, make the bed. Yeah. It's just something small. They're like, hey, you know, you don't have to go crazy and make the bed. Just put the comforter back up over it. Right. Yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like they, well and I think she, I think something else that, you know, Marie Kondo is like don't get stuck on like storage solutions because of course the first thing I want to do is run out to Target and Container Store and all this stuff and buy stuff just everywhere, just stuff everywhere. And yeah. I did, but I also did it purposefully and after I had done my sorting so that I knew what I needed to do. So like I have a certain like Target has a ton of these awesome adorable like matching baskets and little boxes mm-hmm. and and that's one of her things is like using small boxes to contain things so that it doesn't just become like a box of crap, you know? Like uh you know like my bedside table, the top drawer, I've got a um like a sorter in there. It's got like six slots and I've got like my glasses and glasses cases in there. And then I've got the remotes for the TV and like a a little box that has like an extra uh, like iPad charger and some pens, you know, that kind of thing. But they're all, they're all contained yeah. in their small little containers. And if something gets out of place, you can see what's missing and put it back. And that for me has been great. And she's also like, you don't have to go out and buy stuff. Like you have got all the perfect boxes laying in your house right now. And I have found that things like the iPhone boxes, Apple product boxes oh, yeah, are they're nice. fucking amazing because they are thick, they are sturdy, and they are deep enough to hold stuff, but they're not obtrusive, you know, they're not obtrusive, they're fantastic. So I have, I like went and collected all these boxes. So like one of the little boxes is like the bottom part of a Tiffany's jewelry box or like the other one is like a something the iphone mm-hmm. came in and yeah, something yeah. my apple watch came in that needs like pens fit well into that because it's long now i will also tell you if you were using apple product boxes and it has that uh molded insert you know where they put the actual phone and shit do mm-hmm. not try to dig that molding out just throw that part of the box away 
because it looks like shit and it half rips up the box because they use some like industrial grade glue. I tried to do this <laughs> because I really wanted to salvage both sides of my iPhone box. Didn't work. So I'm just saying on that one, skip it. But I keep these boxes. I have, you know, the bigger blacker box that came with the Cards yeah, Against uh-huh. Humanity, the long skinny one. When we upgraded to the even bigger blacker box, I kept that box because that's a killer box. It's really long and skinny, though, so it's like hard to find a place to need it. But I have it because I know one day I will need it. But I'm not hoarding boxes. I have one shelf dedicated to hanging on to these boxes that might be good organizing boxes, and that's it. But otherwise, I bought some stuff at Target. I have gray, like a bunch of matching gray uh, things, and those are for my closet. I bought a – that's not a bread rack, but, you know, like they have those – two, three or five shelf systems that you can buy. It's like metal, you know, like a, mm-hmm. like a baker's rack kind of thing, but yeah, short. Yeah. So I bought one for the closet. We have two of those out in the garage already. And I just organized the shit out of it. You know, I've got camera equipment. I've got all sorts of stuff that I need. You know, I don't want to just stuck on a shelf, like I need a way to do it. So I bought gray baskets that work for the closet. So anything gray ends up in the closet. And I've got like teal colored that are for my little, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, linen closet in my bathroom. Okay. And that's one of those things that, again, I organized that shit last year. Olivia and I did it like three o'clock in the morning when she was spending the night. This was my three-year-old at the time niece. <laughs> she was helping me get stuff from the floor. I don't know why she was up at three, but she was. Um, so, but I organized it. I got everything in the little boxes in bigger boxes. And so everything is perfect. And I'll, I can put pictures of this up and it is still perfect. And, and again, you know, we, because it has everything has a place. Once things have a home and a place that you go back to, like one of Marie's things that she does is she takes she cleans out her purse every single night. She takes everything out of her purse every night and has a place in her closet for it. Purse sits behind it. Everything gets lined up and that keeps her from getting, you know, she deals with the receipt. She deals with everything that's in there. And then the next day, you just pick up the things you need for the day and you move on. Now, I did that for the first maybe two months and then not. That one has not stopped. I'd like it to. But it actually worked really well. Like when we went to Comic Palooza, I did the same thing. And then that, you know, the next day, I'm not still carrying all of yesterday's crap around with me. I just have the things I need for today. So Hmm. it helps. It helps get your mind in the right space. So. I don't know. So anyway, do you have an internet quote for us this week, Heather? I do. All right. So this is um, also on Twitter. It's from at Ravi B. Her name's Raven B. Uh, it says, the truth is men don't know what they want to eat either. That's why they ask us. <laughs> it's true. But they da- they act like they know, don't they? Yeah. <coughs> and they, then they get irritated that you don't know. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so if you'd like to help us out with any of our projects or getting me to California once Disneyland reopens one day or to help uh, Heather do her Marie Kondo fantasy here, you can go to patreon.com slash nerdy bitches and become a a monthly supporter. We would love that. We've got some cool stuff that we're working on for that. You can also go to uh, PayPal and you can send us, uh, it's basically a tip jar Or, you know, if you don't want to do the monthly thing or you just want to send a specific amount, you can absolutely do that at nerdybitches or it's uh, contact us at nerdybitches.com is our PayPal email address. 
And then another way you can support the show is by going to our partner, Frankie and Murr. So while you're doing your big house organization and getting your physical space right, you can also go find your perfect aromatherapy product to help get your, your head space right as well. So I recommend for the current times, Serenity Now. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and if you are having to go through all of this nonsense with no toilet paper and PMS, you can also get our signature product of Spray the Bitch Away. And we are happy to provide you our code if you like to save money and go to, uh, so the code is nerdy, N-E-R-D-Y, and you will get 15% off of your entire order. And I believe it is uh, free shipping over $35. So this is frankieandmer.com. All right. Well, I guess we will see you next week. It's, wait. Oh, next week. Next week starts Mean Girls Month. I almost forgot. Yeah. So you, do we want to give them a sneak peek or we want to talk I about it? I think we should it? give them a little sneak peek. What do you have planned for us, Heather? Okay. So I love the iconic Mean Girls movie. And I had some coworkers that were from another country and they actually were not familiar with this. But this is a common, um, oh, I don't know. It's common reoccurring a movie theme that happens about once a decade, right? So I decided, now the first one, it is a horror slash Mean Girls, and that is Carrie. So we're going to be watching uh, Stephen King's Carrie. Uh, the second one is going to be your 1980s quintessential Mean Girls with Heathers. I have not seen Heathers. Oh, okay. All right. And then yeah, I'm looking forward um, to it. it's messed up. You're going to enjoy it. And um, <laughs> 1990s, we're going to uh, round it all out with Clueless. Actually, no, I love actually Clueless. that won't round it out because you cannot forget the 2003 or something uh, Mean Girls. That Yeah, it would be a little sad if we did a Mean Girls didn't, month didn't and then have the mean girls. mean girls. So you're going to love it. We're going to talk about all of the bitchiness. And um, for Carrie, all of the scariness yeah. um, <laughs> yes. that can be involved with these this mean girl movie theme that I just love. Well, I would ask our listeners to message us on Twitter uh, at Nerdy Bitches Pod and let us know what is your favorite mean girl movie. And, and also outside of the ones that we are covering, let us know what else you like. If there's another one, like I was thinking like Grease would yeah. fall into this a little a, bit. A bit. The first yeah. one. It's not super Mean Girls, but it's kind of And on that's kind of how Carrie but, is. It's like, yeah. 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 It's like, it's like if you have one of these that you just love or you love to hate or you hate to love or whatever it is, let us know what it is because we would love to talk about it as well. And, you know, both. Both of our uh, our theme months last year got an extra episode out of them, so maybe, maybe we'll pick yours. Who who knows? Yeah. So, or if you got a Mean Girls book or a TV show yeah. or something that's not a movie, that'd be good to yeah. know too. I'd be interested. Yeah. So just let us know. Again, we're at Nerdy Bitches Pod on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at Nerdy Bitches. You can find us Nerdy Bitches Podcast on Facebook. Uh, yeah, we're all over the place. So just. Google us and find us and send us a message. Send us a carrier pigeon. You could even send us an email at contact us at nerdybitches.com if you are an email person. <laughs> uh, we don't get very many emails anymore. And, and it's usually like a um like an automatic form. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like hey, I've got a, a proposition lot. for you. 
hey, I was looking at your website and I think it could be better. And I'm like, well, go fuck yeah. yourself. So- thank you very much. We will pay. We will exactly. pay you with exposure. I worked hard on this. <laughs> Kiss my ass. So. All right. Well, I guess that is all we have for this week. So catch us next week, starting Mean Girls Month. Message us. Send a carrier pigeon. Send us money on Patreon. Come be with the cool kids. So, All right. See you next week. Music provided by www.bensound.com and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. <laughs>